and now 102.3 FM. NBC News Radio, I'm Brian Shook. The Federal Reserve is not going to change interest rates for now. The Fed signaled it will likely raise rates in March, the first hike in three years. Rate hikes are seen as a response to rising inflation. However, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell says the economy is showing good signs. Job gains have been solid in recent months. The unemployment rate has declined sharply, falling two percentage points over the past six months and wages are rising at their fastest pace in many years. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is retiring. The liberal justice has been on the court since 1994 after receiving the nomination from President Bill Clinton. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is taking a hit after the Federal Reserve hinted it has room to raise interest rates. At the closing bell, the Dow lost 130 points to 34.168. Brian Shook, NBC News Radio. Hi, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, heard here on KCAA every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific. Listen to me as I talk to some of the top business and horse people from around the world. That's the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show right here on KCAA, the station that leaves no listener behind. Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. Medicare has approved new benefits not included with original Medicare and older Medicare Advantage plans. You may not be getting all of the benefits you're entitled to, including in-home aids, telephone appointments with your doctors, home-delivered meals and prescriptions. These benefits may be available and it's a free call to enroll. The new plans may also offer free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free wellness visits, and gym memberships. Call the Medicare Benefits Line now. It's easy. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Not all Medicare Advantage plans are alike. The new plans have more benefits for many people. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. Two two eight one. First tattoo, huh? Yep. I wanted to read Tough on Cilids, Easy on Bees. What's the story behind that? Well, on my orchard, I use this powerful stuff from BASF called Safina Inscalis Insecticide. Sorry, it's going to sting. So, Safina Insecticide? It's strong on cilids and quickly limits HLB spread, but gentle on bees. Gentle on bees? Yeah. They're the bee's knees. Be strong and gentle with Safina Insecticide. Ooh, always read and follow label directions. For several years, KCAA has been marketing the Longevity brand of nutritional and personal care products. Our experience with Longevity has been 100% positive, so we are pleased to recommend them to you. Regarding nutritional supplements, we recommend Pollen Burst in the berry flavor and Tangy Tangerine 2.0 in the tablet form. For regularity issues, we recommend 3-Day Cleanse, and for personal care, we recommend Morning Hydration Cream. You can shop online for Longevity at www.kcaateam.com, or you can order by phone by calling 800-982-3197 and tell customer support that you are part of the KCAA team. Longevity is an American company based in San Diego. Call Longevity at 800-982-3197 and ask about monthly auto ship that allows you to buy Longevity products at wholesale prices. That number again, 800-982-3197. Silva and Silva Law is here for all your living trust needs. As attorneys, it's hard to tell someone it's too late to draft a will or living trust. 
Planning for one's final wishes is never easy, and the last thing you want to do is leave a mess for your children to clean up, or even worse, have to go through the probate process. Silva and Silva Law is a father-daughter law firm located in downtown Redlands. Find us on Facebook or call 909-798-1500. 909-798-1500. Have your revocable living trust drafted by an experienced attorney and tailored to your specific needs. Call Silva and Silva Law, 909-798-1500. A. Welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, created and hosted by Scott Knudsen, to explore the crossroads of horses and business. Now here's your host, Scott Knudsen. Hi, and welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knudsen. Whether you're listening to us on KCAA, the NBC affiliate out in California, or watching our podcast on one of our many platforms, we want to thank you. Welcome to the show. We have a terrific guest today, Kutcha Elk. Kutcha is a certified master coach. She's a horse trainer in dressage and natural horsemanship. She founded Win Horse Coaching, great website. And, and she's also a former executive in the entertainment industry with Paramount and Disney, among others. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. It's such a pleasure. <laughs> oh my goodness. I felt like I wish everybody could be listening and, and seeing what we were already talking about. I was having so much fun just uh, I know, talking to you. The same here. The same oh, here. My Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So so you were born in Germany. Yes. And, and uh, could you just tell everybody, maybe that hasn't been to Germany, what was that like? Cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. There no, you go. I mean, I, I grew up in, in the northern part of Germany where the, the Baltic Sea is on one side and the North Sea is on the other side and it's a, it's a flat country and um, about an hour away from the Danish border and I grew up in a small little village that probably nobody ever heard of, Heikendorf. <laughs> okay. And um, you know my life was from early childhood on about horses because that's just what people do and what kids like, love to do around that. Um, area and you know I had a lovely brother who my whole family kind of they were all into sailing because you know you live by the water there's a lot of that going on and then it's also you know it's horses there are riding schools on every corner and you know if you don't have anything better to do on a on a Sunday you go out and with your friends and you ride by the beach and wow, how I mean, beautiful. very how very idyllic very you know, a very wholesome, not not a lot of big city kind of stuff and, you know, rules and regulations as, as everybody knows who grows up in the country, you know, you don't leave the, the animals unfed or anything. So you learn about responsibility early on. And I mean, I couldn't have wished for anything better. Oh, that's so wonderful. So wonderful. So was it horses only for you or did you have other activities? I... <laughs> I traded. My my mother always said you can't just do horses. That's just not you know right for a quote unquote young lady. And so she said, no, you must also have tennis lessons, and you also have to have classical ballet and um, gymnastics wow. and some other things. And I I always said, you know, okay, I'll do one tennis lesson for one riding lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Keep the balance. You know? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a little bit. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, it's, it's. I mean, one should be so lucky to have so many options, you know? Yes, that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So you wrote English over there in Germany? Yeah, 
Yes. Yes. Wonderful. And so, you know, when you're a kid over there, you start out, you know, with ponies. I personally wasn't allowed to ride ponies because I was very early on sort of taken under the wings of, of different people who said, oh, this one has a little extra talent perhaps. So don't, don't let her ride ponies that that will, you know, screw up her seat, you yes, know, and yes. you know, warm bloods from the beginning. And, you know, you just do vaulting, which was, wow. you know, another thing that we would do gymnastics on a horse that, that you know, walks oh trots and canters in a circle. And it is really good for your learning your balance and learning how to fall off properly, <laughs> which you do plenty of. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, so what brought you to the United States? Was it school or work? No, no. So I, um, I met a, an American gentleman through friends in, uh, in a performance club, in a performance theater. Um, and I, we connected, we sort of fell in love and you know how these, these stories unfold. Yes, and, yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, I had always um, felt like I, I wanted to explore the world. I didn't felt, feel like I, I needed to stay necessarily in Germany. And so um, when I was 26, I got married and moved to San Francisco and started working um in an advertising agency that i didn't even know at the time was one of the biggest for health products and services and um you know it was it was amazing it was an incredible start you know living in a different country and working as a graphic designer is how i started out as a junior art director you know slowly climbing the ladder and that's how it started yeah wow wow yeah. So, so when you were doing that, were you able to ride when you started this this new career? No, and that was that was really one of the the, the not so great parts of it. You know, right. San Francisco is is more of a city, and um, you know, once you get wrapped up in this flow of work and corporate, the world of and advertising and and deadlines and late nights and no weekends and all, there was no time, and I was. I think also slightly overwhelmed, you know, having to deal with all of this in, a, in not my first language. Wow. And, you know, everything is so quick and everybody's so laughing fast and everybody's laughing all the time when I didn't know that I had said something funny. <laughs> you know, which, yeah, I can relate. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, you know, I, mean, I, I remember the first time I called a vacuum cleaner a dust sucker. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> and that's funny in 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 the beginning and after a while you know you're just trying you know figure it out and and yeah but it's yeah no horses in the beginning that that started when i moved i spent five years in san francisco okay. and then um my husband decided he wanted to start working in the film industry and he moved to Los Angeles. I said, I'll give you one year to see if you really want to do that. I didn't really want to move at the time. It was a very nice lifestyle. It was also, you know, it's so all consuming for me. I couldn't even imagine to move to Los Angeles, which also, you know, when you live in San Francisco, you're a little bit snobby about LA, you know, like, oh, you know, no, no, yes, we don't yes. want to live down there. <laughs> <laughs> And then you know he's he seemed to like it and he seemed to you know find some some um, work that he was interested in and then I started sending out some random um, resumes kind of half half hearted and and then got a got a yes from Disney and they said you know went wow. over and I did a bunch of interviews with them and 
they said, you know, do you want to come work for us? And so that's how I started moving down there. And then at Disney, one of my first and still to this day best friends, <clears throat> excuse me, was a horse person and a horse lover. And she took me under her wings and she said, you know, I have a horse and you need to come and we want to hear what, you know. Awesome. So, and yeah, so suddenly before I knew it, I worked at Disney and had my first horse in Los Angeles. What a move <laughs> so, that was. That was incredible. Yeah, yeah, that was really, that was really a, a interesting thing to juggle. I have to say, especially thinking about the, the, really intense um, work days and nights that, that are were just ongoing. You know, if you if you work in any anywhere near advertising or entertainment, it's always, you know, there's no there's no five o'clock or six o'clock when you right. think you can well, go Well you home. know everybody looks at the entertainment industry, especially at a high level like you were, and they yeah. think that's that's a job for me. I want to do it, but it's not always what you think, is it? No, no, it isn't. <laughs> that was a quick no. No. <laughs> No, it isn't. You know, I mean, on on two levels, I want to say on the one level, it's sort of, I remember getting up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning just to go and drive from West Hollywood, where I lived, to Glendale, where my horse was, you know, ride, shower, dress up completely in my outfit and makeup and everything, and then drive to Brentwood. By the time I worked for Paramount, that was a little bit later. And, you know, work all day, come home like 10, 11, like, clock at night or something and then wow. you know the next day you do it all over and and so that was something that that you know you can do for a certain amount of time and then it does take a toll and it did with me too you know right. but the other side was you know it's either that or you don't ride you know right. it, it, like right. everybody else was working like crazy and I thought if I work this hard I want to have something to that that I can do that I enjoy really that I that it makes up for that or that's worth it well, I, I love that to find time for your passion, especially for a horse. And, and no. horse lovers will find time to ride. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. Totally. But you're extra challenged with the traffic and driving that far. And, you know, yeah. you're, you're putting 17, 18 hour days in. Yeah, easily, easily. You know what I mean? It's if you're, if you're, I, to me, it's like if there's a passion there, you do it. It, does, it doesn't really matter. And I didn't never thought that was that bad at the time until, until, you know, it was too much at some point, you know, but. It, yeah, it was it was always worth it to me. Oh my goodness! So so, what were you riding when you were when you were doing that? Were you going to the barn and riding English and just always riding English. at the barn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always English. There, I mean, Los Angeles is pretty sort of I want to say multicultural in 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 that mm -hmm. respect. There are a lot of yeah. people, and I met early on. I met a um, dressage trainer who was also who was British, and you know when you when you grow up in in Europe in England or Germany or I don't know, some of the other European countries, you don't just learn one discipline. Dressage is the foundation for everything. And then if you want to jump, you do that. If you want to do go hunt or do other things, you do that, you know? And so what you all, dressage is everything. And then you start, like I jumped quite a bit when I was a youngster and I loved it and enjoyed it, you know, now, now not so much, you know, but so this dressage trainer, I, I met through my friend from Disney had an accident where he jumped with a horse. They both fell, the horse rolled on top of him. And while the horse get, was getting up, it stepped with his hind leg on his spine. Right. And basically, you know, that was not good for him. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> 
And so he was out of commission for a while. And then, and then he said, oh my God, I'm going to lose my business. I'm a one person operation here in, in this barn in LA. Can you help me with some of the, the horses? And so I kind of got a little bit of a whiff of what that would be like. It was awesome, you know, but it was, of course, it was way too much. Now I had no sleep hardly yeah, at all I, I, during yeah. that time. You know, that was just a, like not a long-term thing, you know, but it was, it, it, it made me feel so alive and lit up again. You know, just to do more with horses, whereas, you know, the entertainment business was with thrilling and interesting parts and sides to it. You know, you get to meet a lot of big names and, you know, you think, oh, wow, that's pretty cool at the, in the beginning. And then you think, oh, wow, you know, what's what's really behind it? What is this all about? And what it comes down to, it's about, you know, air times and ratings, TV ratings and how much more, you know, valuable can a time slot become so that the commercial can be sold for more money so right. it's, it's really ultimately it's the dollar signs again yes. you know yeah sort of like for somebody who's you know a creative person and a, and a horse person and an animal person you know it, it just is not it can't be all and certainly can't be long-term everything you know so yeah so the horse has always saved me through some of the darker times also you know i mean yeah i love that i, I love that so much how the horse saves us you know and that's yeah. such a oh, good they story yeah 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 so did you find yourself when you pulled up at, at work whether paramount disney wherever you're thinking about your horse oh, and then oh, when you're totally. when you're riding your horse you're thinking about your horse you know <laughs> isn't that funny yep yeah, I mean, you, you always do. I mean, to me, it's like the, it's a sacred space when I enter a barn, even to this day. And, and that's how I was raised, too. You know, this, this mo the moment you get out of your car and you go and step onto a horse soil, so to speak, you 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 go with the horse. And it's been that has been part of my sort of upbringing, too. You honor the horse with your presence. The horse honors your your me as a person as a mere human mortal <laughs> beautiful <laughs> you know? beautiful yeah but you know the, to be in the presence of these magnificent creatures that have you know influenced the human race for like centuries you know who would we where would we be without the horse as a species you know i mean we right. would still be i don't know rolling down rocks up and down the hillside yeah. without yeah. wheels and without anything to pull it or you know I mean, it's it's just to me. It's, I always look at that. and I'm thinking, oh my god! And you guys, the horses have been on this earth for over 50 million years, right? That as right. a species, right? We humans barely five million. So right. So when you think about that, and I'm thinking, so okay, and who is trying to tell whom what to do? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. So Absolutely. there's this that never leaves me. I always feel like in the horse world or in the moment when I'm with a horse I'm I'm in awe of them number one and then you know then I want to know who is this horse today and how can I show up so that that's we both awesome. can have some something that's meaningful together you know and that, that, that's, that's so cool number, you yeah. know <laughs> that's so cool when you put the numbers to it you know it's really humbling for sure yeah Scott will be right back with more hi I'm Scott Knutson host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show Today, we're going to talk about something I'm really passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. Those that don't, now you know I do. And we've been working on this for several months, and we, we wanted to get it just right. 
And we don't put our name on anything unless we feel 100% certain it's, it's the best product we can get. And uh, we, we've done it. I really believe we've done it. We've created a coffee line, 13 great flavors. I'm gonna show you three of them. We have K-Cups in all 13 flavors. Here's a Jamaican Me Crazy. It's a, just a really great coffee. Everyone has great logos. It has a brand, the same brand that's on our horses, our trailers. You know that brand means something and we wouldn't put it on here if it wasn't good coffee. We have whole bean. This is a great Honduran blend and uh, it's a whole bean coffee. We have whole bean in all 13 flavors. And then we have a ground coffee. Uh, this is a really great one. My wife and I really like this a lot, loved it. So we named it after our daughter, Hayes Glenn. Everyone has the packaging and the logo of the show, our brand, and I hope you like it. I, I really believe you will. And we're gonna have more flavors coming out soon. We're gonna have the pumpkin spices and then we're gonna go to peppermint after that. And please send us your suggestions as well. You can find it at cowboyentrepreneur.shop. Think coffee shop, cowboyentrepreneur.shop. Thank you so much. So here, here's a kind of, it, it, it just came to me as we're speaking. So when you're in your executive meetings, you know, at the studio, right? did something you learned in the horse porn help you with your staff or, or in that situation or vice versa, you know, when you're at the barn and you had this person or this, this um, situation help you in the horse porn? Yes, yes. I mean, there are always parallels, you know, because mm -hmm. you have, you have, I think, personalities are very similar, you know, there are the introverts, the more artistic types that are really efficient doing their thing in their own little studio or, you know, like when you work with, with camera people or photo photographers or anybody who's part of these, these creative processes in, in entertainment and and then on the higher like CEOs level kind of, you know, you have these, these sometimes quite overblown egos that, you know, again, they, they're personality types. And in some ways I always felt like, you know, you learn from each other. There are horses that have big personalities. I'm not saying they have big egos. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not sure that there is a, that much of a, you know, rational, rationalizing mind in a horse's brain, you know, but yes. Um, yes. But I mean, I, I I always thought, you know, yeah, this horse is a big personality. You you and you find the energy that you have to bring to the table to match that to be able to have a reasonable conversation, so that you're not being plowed over. Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That, or, or intimidated, or never heard. You know, so, so I had to learn, definitely learn how to speak up. And I always felt like, okay, so I know I can I can stand my ground because I've worked with lots of horses over the course of my lifetime, even from early times on, sometimes not the easiest, sometimes way bigger and stronger and louder than I was, you know, and right. by nature, I'm much more of a quieter person, I'd rather wait and see what everybody else has to say. And then maybe I'll pay, pipe up at the end and make a point that I think is hasn't been made yet, you know, but but so so in terms of energy and 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 group dynamics too, you know, sometimes when the, the tempers fly high, and people are screaming, or you know, I mean, in those days it was uh, mostly male-dominated, upper-level creative ex executive um, sort of playroom. Those meetings that I went into, you know, and sometimes the jokes were salty, and you know, and you kind of had to kind of hold it together. And I'm thinking, thinking, okay, that's okay. I don't, I don't need to, you know, take that on, you know. 
And it's the same thing with horses in many, many ways. You know, sometimes a horse is getting spirited and thinks that he or she has to express something that's not very comfortable for the rider. Yeah. And then you have to decide, you know, what am I going to do with that? Am I going to take that personally? Or am I going to say, oh, okay, interesting. Now you've said that and I'm still not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I you know? love that. Well, yeah. when that gentleman asked you to kind of step up in the barn after he got hurt and you started teaching some class, helping with the dressage, was there anything there that you learned like, oh my goodness, I'm going to get to teach and I'm going to get to, you know, do what I really like. Did you take some of that and put it in the boardroom? Um, not, not explicitly really, because there really wasn't, that, there wasn't space for that. I think I maybe today it would be different, but this was sort of in the mid to late nineties. And the, the, you know, and you, you're, you're the, the stress level and the sense of urgency is so high. There's no room for saying, Hey, you know, let me tell you something. I had some thoughts here, how this might help us with our communications. That was completely, especially as a woman, you just had to be, right. you know, not, not, you know, it was, it, I don't, I don't know how to, well, maybe I can give you one story that, that will illustrate okay. how the sense of urgency and busyness was, was such a big part of it so that there was very little room for playfulness or for creativity in, in that sense of communicating better with one another, you know? So, um, there was a, I, I was in charge to create nationwide campaigns for TV shows, pretty much for, for Paramount, right? And so it would be billboards and bus sides. And, you know, if you go to the underground, the, um, what's it called? The subway, subway. Um, plastered high rises, big, huge side um, billboards everywhere, you know, and, and then of course, we also had these billboards that you drive by when you're on the highway, on a freeway, right? Right, right. And so the, all these things always were heated discussions on what could be put onto these, these pieces of, of information, basically, that were visuals of what the show was about, and then was maybe the show title, and then there's a few lines of describing the show, and then there's other things that you could add, you know, credits, people who want to be on it. And it was always this big discussion about how much copy can go on a billboard so that when a driver on, on a freeway or on a highway at 65 or 55 miles per hour can, can read so that they can still read what they're seeing. It's not just a picture flashing by, right? And of course, ultimately, the, the conversations and the arguments were always about, well, can't we squeeze like, like one more little paragraph on there? And then, then you know, you argue and it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more, in, in campaign money. And so the final approval was always with the CEO, right? And right. he was usually asked to go and drive by a test billboard for the really big campaigns because then it would go everywhere all over the, the country right I mean wow. and he this particular time he was just too busy and he said he could not drive by and and check and do his test drive and he asked in all seriousness that the billboard was would be driven by his balcony his corner office had a balcony that faced Wilshire Boulevard for those of people who, who know Los Angeles yeah. it's one of the biggest you know famous street roads. yes but you can't drive very fast there. So we had to hire this guy who would drive the truck by with this billboard facing his balcony at, at, you know, at a good speed so that he could see whether or not he could read the, the copy on that billboard, right? And, and that, that's sort of like, that's the level oh my of, 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 yeah, where you think, you know, how, 
because he was too busy, right? And and he in his head, you could say yeah, that's an eccentric CEO, but I can see that from now, like years later, I can see this poor guy was he was out of his mind, stressed out. He did, really didn't think he could go and take a 20 minute drive down the <laughs> four or five or something. That is to, awful. To, to yeah. That. Yeah, but that's that is that is where you know ultimately the burnout syndrome and everything that you know that happens to people including myself is is so common you know people have a either steep or not so steep career and it doesn't last very long and then people are having to take out. a break yeah. yeah so so you mentioned yourself it happened to you and it happens to other people you're just successful but you're running you know so fast and for so yeah. long plus you're trying to ride horses on top of it yes how, how did you handle it or how did you know it for somebody maybe listening to us on kcaa or if they're watching our podcast you know they're like that's happening to me what did yes. she do what did you do how did you realize it what did you do yes good good question so what i what I, what happened was that i had worked for too many years at this crazy pace. And, you know, you do it and you get so used to it and it's a mindset and you don't even think about it, you know? And and I started feeling not, I didn't think, oh, I'm stressed out, but I started to, um, I couldn't sleep anymore. So I started taking sleeping pills. Then I couldn't wake up anymore. So then I got some pills to wake up. Then I started feeling anxious and I started having sort of anxiety, panic attacks, but I didn't, those terms didn't exist in those days. I didn't know what that was. I thought I had a heart attack and I thought, awesome. oh my God, you know, and, and I was starting to get depressed. I, I, you know, when I found, I remember driving to my horse, that was always, you know, everything that I lived for. And, and it started to become part of the work schedule. It wasn't like, you know, I wanted to go and I wanted to, to feel good about it, but I just didn't anymore. And, it progressively, I was on so many different opioids, you know, that I, I don't even know. I mean, it was just, it was walking like a zombie and functioning like a zombie a little bit, getting through the days somehow. And I had a staff of 25 people and then outside agencies and, and creative, you know, wow. vendors and, and all these people that were working, looking for me, for, at me for guidance. And, and I remember dele or delegating more and more of this, this work to everybody because I was just like, I, I just sat in my office a lot of times and just kind of stared at my computer and I was like, what, what was I gonna do, you know? And then, then I remember I started, my divorce proceedings started to, to happen and unfold um, in sort of 90, when was it, 98? And that was, it was not a friendly, um, process <laughs> many times and it was just I think it was that last little straw on the proverbial camel's back this that that there was one more thing that I needed to take care of care of and I just couldn't and I remember um having one of those panic attacks in my office and I called somebody in one of my my managers and I said you know can you go and cover for me I can't go to this meeting I, I, I can't, I think I'm dying here. <laughs> and then, um, you know, he, he, it was, it was an incredible thing that he did this. He said, you know what, I'm, I'm not comfortable covering for you anymore. And by the way, your whole team doesn't like you anymore. <laughs> oh you're, you're becoming like, you've become a drill sergeant. You're, you know, dishing out orders left and right. And you used to be, you know, this great person that we all love to work with and work for and, not so much anymore and 
what's going on and so I kind of broke down and I told him about the divorce and I said I just I, I just I said I don't know how else to function anymore I, I feel like I'm sleepwalking half the time and just kind of trying to stick to the program and becoming this little soldier you know robot-like creature and and I said I, I, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this and and then I started to feel these pains in my body these aches oh, wow. and pains and started to go through numerous doctors and specialist appointments and nobody could figure out what it was and I couldn't eat anymore so that was the next part I started like losing weight serious weight and and at some point I was just so that I just I was so broken inside and outside physically and mentally that I I remember very much I, I just one day stood up from my desk and went over to my boss's office that was just around the corner and I said I cannot do this anymore I need to go home and I don't think I'm coming back <laughs> oh my goodness that was it yeah that was that was that was pretty pretty hard and it, it was it still seems a little bit like a blur you know but from there um I tried to get better, I tried to take some time off. And at first I thought, oh yeah, I'm just gonna manage this and it didn't get better. And I, I lost more and more weight and I felt more and more pain and I was more and more depressed. I took more and more pills. <laughs> and um, I had, you know, some, I remember I still tried at some, some point, I still tried to help people who used to work for me from home, right? And I would, be in my kitchen and work on my computer and still send them emails and pointers. And I wasn't even at the job anymore, oh but I could not. So like, you know, my brain was sort of in this uh, can't let go kind of holding on. Couldn't get away from it. I couldn't get away from it, you know? And, and, and so there, one day there were people working on the roof and I was typing some emails, some stuff that I thought nobody could live without. <laughs> just crazy understand and, and something happened and i turn around and i still remember this 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 moment where i got up from my chair and suddenly the guy crashes with his ladder through the sky light my whole desk filled with rubble and a giant glass spike was stuck in my desk chair where i had just sat like a few seconds before oh my goodness right so so it it was and I, I looked at it, I was like, and then this poor guy who was stuck in the spiky, you know, horrible hole that he had made with, they had put a top over the top of the skylight and they didn't realize that there was a glass underneath. And so he crashed nice. through and he was bleeding and, and I was shaking and everybody was, it was just a horrible situation. <laughs> we, it's terrible. I called 911, get the ambulance for the poor guy. Thank God nothing had happened to me, you know, but I was so shook up and, um, so I, when everything was sort of semi cleaned up, I mean, I forget about the computer. You couldn't even find it. It was li literally rubble on my, like a big pile of rubble right on oh my desk. Oh my gosh. So I called my therapist, which is in, in those days, it was like, you call your hairdresser. Yes. <laughs> I called my therapist. Speed dial. Yes, exactly. You know, number one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I call her and I tell her about this. And I, I you know, I'm sort of, oh my God, and can you believe this happened? And I was fairly sort of, you know, flustered and, and sure. shook up by the whole thing. And, and she, this woman, so, such a wise woman, she very dry, dryly said to me, 
you just don't get it, do you? And I said, what, what do you mean? She's like, how many more signs do you need? You know, yeah. don't, you, don't you understand somebody's telling you something, some higher up, yep. you know, bigger power, the creator, God, whatever you want to call it, yep. the universe, somebody's telling you and you're just not listening. And this is probably one of the last signs, she said. You, there was you, a, you're very close to not, not, you know, maybe next time making it. And it was well, a wake he, up. It, it's so surreal that he covered up your work where you couldn't work. Exactly. That, you know, he's like, if you won't stop, I'm going to stop you. Yeah. And, and yeah. you can't do it anymore. Yeah. What a sign. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with more. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, heard on KCAA Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to cowboyentrepreneur.shop. That's cowboyentrepreneur.shop. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to cowboyentrepreneur.shop to order your coffee today. So, so what do you do, not to make a joke of what happened, to dig out of that? How do you start at the bottom at ground zero again to get to where you are now? How did you change your life? Well, the first first part of it was to admit it. <laughs> yeah, that's tough, isn't it? Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. really hard. Really yeah. uh, one of the hardest things, you know. And so I my admitting um, started happening by talking to my brother in Germany who who is a physician and a surgeon over there. And I very meekly called him and I said, you know, I think I need some help. I can't do this by myself anymore. I can't go grocery shopping anymore. I'm, you know, in a wheelchair by now because my muscles have atrophied so much. And so I can't, I don't know, you know, what, how, I don't know if I'm going to get back to work. I don't, you know, my people are taking care of my horse, my good friends. And, and he said, you get yourself on a plane, young lady, <laughs> and you come to Germany, you know? So, and I did that and I went, um went to Germany and brother helped me get the medical care to figure out what's wrong with me and you know and then then my horse friends and some of my long lifelong mentors jumped in and said you 
we will help you. You're going to get back on your feet. And, you know, I went through months of hospital treatments and, and stays, and it was, that was hard. But um, afterwards, they took me under their wings and they basically dragged me out in the middle of winter and put me on a horse. First thing you know, you know, and said, you're going to ride. Riding, riding heals everything. Riding makes you strong. Riding makes your mind sound again which obviously I needed lots of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, it changes your focus. You got to focus okay. on the horse when you're on top yeah. of the horse or leading yeah. a horse or whatever. Yeah, and it, and it did that, you know, several months of that. And then out of that whole um, experience of getting my strengths back and getting sort of my sense of self back and, you know, being with my family and these incredible horses and horse friends and people that were not judging me for some stupid stuff that I had done and said in the process too, you know, I mean, it, it happens, you know, and um, so I realized I did not want to go back to that world again. I didn't want to go to the rat race of entertainment. I didn't want to go to, the you know, praying to the the God of, of money anymore, yes, you know, yes. um, so I thought I wanted to do something with horses and it was, I was just 40 at the time. So that was, you know, not not an early start to finally get to the point with, with you know doing something with horses. But I thought, okay, so I know I have my dressage. I always cultivated my my riding and had been riding with clinicians and had my mentors and had gone back and forth to Germany a lot of times. You know, all my vacations were Germany with my parents and with horse people. I was always like, you know, it's all about that, you know. And, and I thought, you know, why am I, why have I been given all these great learning opportunities on that end? And, and now I don't want to go back and just, you know, even if I did something with horses with dressage, I don't want to just go into the conventional avenue where again, it's all about money, you know, getting yeah. them through the levels, educated and selling them as soon as possible for as much, for as much money as possible. Right. So I thought, no, I want to do something where we, I want to go back to honoring the horse. And how do I do that? So I started to come across natural horsemanship just as the term, I had never heard of that. And started researching it and found Monty Roberts, who is sort of, you know, he's a renowned natural horseman, Tom Dorrance, the Dorrance brother. There are so many others, you know, that, that I could name, but, you know, for, for people who don't know that world, he's sort of like a Steven Spielberg of the, the horse whisperer right. sort of, group of, of horse people right absolutely and so I read some of his books while I was you know recovering still and then my dad um, arranged for me to to meet meet with him in Germany and that was that was sort of a fluke too somehow and I managed to talk him into letting me come to his ranch and so that's how I I had it focus again I thought yeah I, I want to do this I'm going to get better I'm going to go back to California. I'm going to live and work at his ranch in exchange for some of, you know, the stuff that I can offer. Because at that, by that point, at that point, I had lost everything. My divorce had gone not in my favor. Right. Oh, <laughs> I had no, nothing. I had no home. I had nothing to come back to my horse. Thank goodness found a, a wonderful owner, a lady who clicked with her and sent me a, a, an incredibly generous amount of money for her when really I had nothing left which helped me get started in on this next leg of my life and then I you know moved back to California started living and working at Monty's Ranch and did that for like three almost four years and that was the beginning of you know 
something new, something with horses. Wow. You just kept going forward and forward and forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how everything just kind of lays out for you to get there. Yeah, it's it, it it my my brother always said it takes takes a vision, but it also takes a good amount of stubborn mindset. <laughs> I love that. That's absolutely right. You you, you know? yes, absolutely. So so when you get to Monty Roberts Ranch and and you meet everybody and you see the animals, they're so such a cool place. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, so you meet him or 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 what so, happens? Yeah. So how it started out, he wasn't there when I first got there because he was touring. He spent I think about 80% of his time, I don't know about now, but at the time, um, away from home touring and, you know, helping people with horses and, and doing horse shows and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I got there and I, I was just blown away. It was just amazing. He has his operation at the time, had a breeding part where they were breeding quarter horses, really nice, high end, beautiful creatures that I had very little knowledge about, but that I came to appreciate um, very quickly. And then he had the thoroughbreds. He had um, a horse, like racehorse training um, part and operation. Um, and I quickly became friends with the head trainer there. And, you know, some of the, the retired racehorses that needed some training to just be turned into riding horses. I took some of those on. That was a lot of fun, you know. And then there was the learning center. So that's the center where people can learn about um, how to communicate with the horse um, from the ground and uh, that was sort of became my second home very quickly then there was the, the office part which where I, I helped with some of the marketing and international um, advertising and creative stuff so that was my my exchange deal I said I'll help you a few hours with that and I speak more than one language and that helps too you know and yeah. there you know, in exchange, I want to learn everything I can from you. And so I went through his educational program, became an instructor. That was one thing, but also was lucky enough to become one of his pet students. So I got a lot more sort of exposure and kind of special, you know, opportunities to work with very difficult horses, with Mustangs, with behaviorally um, sort of challenged horses. And I mean, that was like going to college all over for me to, How you know, awesome going and, and learning nonstop breathing and, and, you know, sleeping and nothing but horses. Incredible. What, a, what, a, what an opportunity. And, and I yeah. love how the horse lifted you, but in the same time, yeah. you're lifting the Mustangs and the race horses to do, repurpose. And that's really cool. Thank that, you. That's yeah. really Thank cool. You. So, so, so how, so how do you transition from that to, um, uh, doing your life coaching and, and, and win horse coaching and, and, and yes. helping others? Yes, good question. So um, I've, after I've, I felt like I had sort of learned what I wanted, came to learn with Monty and I started thinking, I wanna now bring the dressage part back into, into the mix. And so I felt that I needed to be on my own for a while. It's, it's hard to do both at a, yeah. an operation like his that's very speci specialized. Um, and so I started um, becoming an independent dressage trainer with an emphasis of natural on natural horsemanship and, you know, communications and things like that. And I ran into, like, I, in the beginning, it was incredible. So I was so like, oh my God, I'm in my element. I'm getting to help all these different people with their horses. And, and I found my niche very quickly. Um, and then it started to happen more and more that I felt like, okay, I can help with the horse part real easily that I can 
could do that in my sleep. I mean, not to say that I'm that great. Understood, but yeah. You it, was, it, was, it was, yeah, it was like I felt I had a decent toolbox, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But then for the horses, but then I ran into problems with the people. I, I felt like I couldn't many times, um, I couldn't help what went on in the rider's head when they were stressing out over performing in a certain way or what the, they thought the horse needed to do and why they were almost owed a certain level of cooperation from the horse without taking that on themselves, that responsibility. And, and you know, I, I felt very ill-equipped to deal with the human part of my work. Oh. And so I started looking around, I started um, thinking, what else can I do? And then at this, sort of when it almost came to a point where I was starting to be really disenchanted with entitlement issues and all these things where people just buy a new horse just because they can't, can't get along with this one. You know, it's just like, that's the last thing I want to ever hear. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, it so happened that around, I think it must have been 2013, um, I got a call from Martha Beck, who is um, one of the first people who actually coined the phrase life coach and she's somebody who has worked with Oprah and very many celebrities and she's a Harvard educated renowned author and speaker and she's just an incredible person and I had met her at Monty's place um, a little bit a few years before and um, so she called me up and she said you know I'm, I'm, I'm planning on buying this ranch north from where you are right now and um we're gonna do retreats and life coaching with horses and i thought wow what's life coaching and i started looking into it and learning about it and so i i found sort of the the answer to what i was looking for you know i i was thinking you know i i, I how how do i communicate more effectively with people so this is what the answer was and i took her educational program became a, first a regular life coach and then a master life coach and um, have done some really lovely work, was able to live and work with her at her ranch for about four years. So that was another, you know, college <laughs> adventure. You've had so many highlights in your life. Yeah. It's just yeah. incredible. Yeah, it, it, was, it was really quite, quite, quite amazing. And I feel very grateful to everybody who's ever taken me under their wings, you know, I mean, so now- I, I, now I think it's probably yeah. mutual, you know, they're probably glad well, they, uh, you you went with You're them too as nice. well. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. So so how so I know that people are listening on KCAA or watching our podcast. That they're like, how how can we learn more about what you do? And that's where I am in my life right now. How can people find you? What, what I've been on your websites. So I've looked. Yes. What's the best way yes. for someone to find you and maybe take a class from you? No, the best way is, is they can Google my name. I you know Katja Elk K A T J A and the last name is Elk E L K like the deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you'll come across you'll come across my websites and you'll you'll find you know information different of about the different parts of my work that I do and then you can very easily connect. <laughs> and and, and winhorsecoaching.com is one of your sites and I thought there's yes. so much great information there and if somebody mm. takes a class do they need to travel to you or can they do it virtual? they can do it virtually. So I am, I'm offering a mentoring program for people who are suffering from um, anxiety and depression. And of course it's tied in with horse metaphors and horse Love wisdom, it. you know, but it's, it's to me, the horse is such a living symbol for strength and resilience and perseverance and 
overcoming obstacles and you know surviving so many different conditions that we humans really can we, there's no no way that we cannot learn from them <laughs> yeah pay attention, you, know? you know and, and if it is that bad you know definitely they need to reach out to you know through wind horse coaching but um even if it's not that bad yeah and they're just feeling like i think i'm headed down that road that, that yeah. you went down it's yeah. time to jump in and you do something about it before it gets yes there. yes yes for sure you know i mean i think it's it's a good alternative to um it's not a replacement for therapy if people really feel that they want to go and um you know they're really mentally unwell if it gets to that point that life coaching is not not a replacement for therapy it's always very important to know it you know but it is something where you you get you you can grow your your understanding about how you're functioning and then wind horse that term wind horse is comes comes from the tibetan horse people and they say wind horse is the energy that that you feel inside of yourself that when you're in, t in tune with your wind horse energy right then things are going well for you because your your life path is taking you exactly where you're supposed to be Love that. so that's my 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 mantra and my wish is to help people raise their wind horse energy so that they find you know where they actually belong and where they can you know persevere and triumph ultimately right how awesome yeah. is that how awesome yeah. is that windhorsecoaching.com wind yes horse. Now that yeah. see, now that I remember, I'm so glad you explained that. What Thank wind you. horse is that? That's such a a, a great term, and I'm so yeah. glad it's in the title yeah. of your, your website yeah. for sure. Yeah. So we're we're almost out of time. So what's next for you? Are you working on a book? Are you doing more classes or um, <laughs> maybe writing? You know? Yes, everything, everything. <laughs> I love that. That's the best answer I've ever. Had. Everything. I'm doing yeah. everything. Definitely, definitely. I have a couple of books in, in the works. One is a is a, a book version of a workbook that I, I uh, that goes with my mentoring program. Um, and the other one is a memoir that talks a little bit about, you know, all the things that that you and I just talked about in my life, but also very much about some people who have been instrumental in helping me and and you know the insights that I've gained from the horses that are part of my big group of teachers and mentors you know and so yeah I hope that's that's the coming up that's hopefully the next year or two that that I will get those things out and published and wonderful and you know just continue the good work with people and horses as much as I can and be grateful every day to be able to I, live I this life it. I yeah. love it. Windhorsecoaching.com. Yes, you know, thank so you. Y'all check her out for sure. And thank you so much for uh, being thank on the Kelvin Entrepreneur Show. And everyone who listened to us on KCAA or watched this on our podcast on one of our platforms, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being a guest. And thank you all for watching and listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you. <laughs>
Be ADT safe. ADT alarms will help you make your world a better place. Be baby safe. Be home safe. Be business safe. So protect yourself with ADT and Safe Streets, your local authorized provider. And now, through the end of next month, Safe Streets ADT has a special plan to help you accomplish your safety with all free equipment and low-cost monthly fees. From door and motion sensors to glass shadow alarms, cameras, along with alarms that just don't fail, ADT can help you be safe all through the day and all through the night. Go to BADTSafe.com, that's BADTSafe.com, and click on the special button with the code ADTRADIO and save, or text Gabriel Varner at 330-999-0279 to get all your free ADT equipment with low-cost monthly monitoring. Do it now, because there's no better time to be safe with ADT. That's BADTSafe.com. With 60 years of fascinating facts, this is the man from yesterday. And from this time in 1965, Columbia Records signs the Birds, a new West Coast rock band. They've been performing at various colleges and clubs in the L.A. area. They also signed England's Chad and Jeremy, who last year in 1964 had a big hit with this one. Soft kisses on a summer's day. Laughing all our cares away, just you and I. And from this time in 1966, CBS, who owns the rerun syndication rights to their old Amos and Andy TV show, is pulling that show from rerun TV. Pressure from various groups was cited. Mm-hmm. Listen, Andy, the thing I can't understand, you're already in love with one gal, and you can fall in love with another gal all in the same night. Well, I wasn't sleepy. And from this time in 1960 in Chicago, Hugh Hefner opens his first Playboy Club with a complete staff of Playboy Bunny waitresses, fortunate enough to be key holders. What was the secret of his success? Why did it catch on so quickly? That I did not uh, imagine before the fact. It was a matter of being in the right place at the right time, uh, you know, with a point of view whose time had come. With more at manfromyesterday.com. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us if you want Viagra at the lowest prices. Never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 800-357-1583 today to save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 800-357-1583 to take your call now. Call 800-357-1583. That's 800-357-1583. Again, 800-357-1583. Aviation Striping reminds us veterans will be returning home from overseas. These heroes have elite military training and need jobs. That's why Aviation Striping is encouraging all local businesses to make 2022 a year we hire smart and hire vets. That's courtesy of Aviation Striping, your disabled veteran business professionals with the right equipment, knowledge, and expertise for all your airport pavement marking and removal needs. Call Sam at 951-303-9914. That's 951-303-9914. Or visit www.aviationstriping.com. 
Philippine.com. Sam and Maria Nicole served in the U.S. Marines and deployed in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom during 2003. Semper Fi and USA all the way. Hoorah! KCAA Loma Linda, 10.50 a.m., 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. NBC News Radio, I'm Brian Shook. The Federal Reserve is not going to change interest rates for now. The Fed signaled it will likely raise rates in March, the first hike in three years. Rate hikes are seen as a response to rising inflation. However, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell says the economy is showing good signs. Job gains have been solid in recent months. The unemployment rate has declined sharply, falling two percentage points over the past six months and wages are rising at their fastest pace in many years. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is retiring. The liberal justice has been on the court since 1994 after receiving the nomination from President Bill Clinton. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is taking a 